Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show live, as always, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company. I'm not having one today. <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff to do and uh, I don't have time to have a beer today because uh, one beer will lead to another beer and then I won't get the stuff done I need to get done. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing good. Uh, that sunrise behind me is right in front of uh, Rancho Leonero, uh, down in the East Cape, Southern Baja, uh, which is where this episode's going to be. Um, <clears throat> has anybody taken advantage of our ACR Artex deal yet? Um, you know, give us a thumbs up. Somebody take advantage of this. I mean, it, it, it is a great deal. 10% um, off and free shipping in the U.S., you know, if you do go offshore, if you do go remote, if you go hiking remote, if you go motorcycling, uh, any of that stuff, the PLBs are a great safety tool. So again, not a sponsor of the show. I'm just trying to pass along a deal. Um, got a couple of people checking in already. Liam watching over on uh, Kayak Fishing Tales. For anybody who is new to this, we uh, air these older episodes on um our Facebook page, as well as Kayak Fishing Tales, our YouTube channel. Every Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesdays being the Jackson Kayak Years, and Thursdays being the Ocean Kayak Years, a little bit older stuff. Uh, today, we're actually beginning season five. We actually, because I, I my producer didn't get them downloaded in the right order, um, we started airing with season six, but season five was actually the first year that we started with Jackson Kayak. So this will be the first episode of season five, our first uh, our first airing or first shooting with uh, Jackson Kayak. So pretty, uh, it's been a fun ride. I mean, I gotta admit it, it's working with Jackson after being with Ocean Kayak for so, so many years. Um, working with Jackson, it was bit, was has been so much fun. Um, great group of people as there was at Ocean Kayak. and. It, developed a lot of great friendships and relationships over the years with all these people. Um, this will be, like I said, this will be when I first started with them. It was before the Kraken. Uh, I believe in this episode, we're using uh, CUDA 14s, which uh, was a great boat, um, but the Kraken was much better for this type of fishing. Honestly, just a much better paddling boat. So, uh, but Jackson Kayak, you know, they kind of cover the gambit of all the different styles of boats out there. Uh, just wish they still made my Kraken. Uh, Thomas, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Gene, how are you? I appreciate you joining us here. Andrew, how are you? Dave Fowler, always joining us. I appreciate it. And Sean Russell, again, always joining us. I really, really appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I used to, uh, for many years, I guided trips down in Southern Baja. And this is the East Cape region. Uh, like I said, it's uh, just up from Cabo San Lucas on the Sea of Cortez side of the Baja Peninsula. Um, probably one of the most affordable 
awesome trips you could take, uh, particularly if you're out of California, because getting to um, to the East Cape, flying into Cabo, is less than a two-hour flight out of San Diego. Uh, so very accessible from anywhere on the uh, the West Coast. And then you would land in Cabo and have about a 40, 45-minute drive up to the resort. Um, actually, a little bit farther to Rancho Leonero. I originally started guiding at Hotel Punta Colorada, which was my favorite. Absolutely loved it. A uh, little bit better location fishing-wise. It was farther south and much closer to... Uh, Punta Arena, which was Lighthouse Point, which were, was where we just crushed so, so many uh, big rooster fish. But also, I mean, you could catch tuna and dorado from shore because just it just dropped off right in front of the lighthouse. So uh, just a phen phenomenal place to fish. Unfortunately, uh, Punta Colorado, which is owned by Van Wormer Resorts, um, closed down. Uh, they had uh, Punta Colorada, um, Playa del Sol, and um, my mind's gone blank on the big one. Uh, but the big one is, was definitely more resorty, not really my style. Uh, they were farther north up at uh, Los Barriles. And um, they had some issues at Punta Colorado. Punta Colorado was the first one. It was the oldest one, but they, they actually ran into a um, a water rights issue at the hotel. And um, along with the downturn in the economy and all that, and this was years ago, uh, they closed down. And so I stopped guiding there and moved up to Rancho Leonero, which is, again, just a really cool place, not resorty. Uh, very small, intimate. I mean, a place you're very comfortable bringing your family. I mean, people would ask me if it was safe going down there. I, I literally would bring, you know, thousands of dollars in fishing gear and I would leave it outside my room every night. You know, I'd rinse it off and just lean it on the wall outside my room. Never had a worry. So, <coughs> excuse me, just, just a great place. Uh, both Punta Colorado, Rancho Leonero, that whole Southern Baja, I absolutely love. And, I know a lot of people, you know, we've done our trips to Panama and I absolutely love Panama. I mean, love, love, love Panama for the variety of fish and the quantity and everything. But for an affordable, easy access place where you could still get um, big fish, the East Cape is really hard to beat. Uh, the, like I said, this is us paddling out one morning right in front of the hotel. Uh, you could catch rooster fish right there, right off the beach there. Um, a quarter mile off the beach from Punta Colorada, but I mean, the same general location, it's about 10 miles farther south. Um, I caught my biggest Dorado. I got a 62 pound Dorado, a quarter mile off the beach. Uh, I mean, absolutely amazing. And deep water, I got a 32 pound um, Kubera snapper right down in this area. Actually, that was right here in front of Rancho Leonero. Um, and we would catch tuna, uh, marlin, sailfish, a mile from the beach. So absolutely phenomenal. And like I said, easy access and, and, and much cheaper overall. Uh, a trip to Southern Baja is very, very affordable, particularly if you start comparing it to like trips to uh, Alaska and that sort of thing. So I uh, absolutely love Baja. I wish I could still get down there more. It's, it's been kind of shut down because of COVID. But the fishing has opened up down there. 
and it's absolutely a, a great place. So highly recommend uh, Van Wormer Resorts. Highly recommend Rancho Leonero, which is where this episode was shot. Um, Donald, howdy, Jim. May I ask a dart spin question? Donald, you can ask any question you like. Uh, you know, I'm here to answer questions, whether it's on the topic of the episode. My glasses are always looking crooked. See, I'm looking at myself here. <laughs> hey, Hamilton, thanks for joining us. Uh, Gene, you've never been on a Kraken, but I do have a CUDA 14. Uh, the difference between the Kraken and the CUDA 14 and the CUDA 12 was, A, actually, it was a little bit more stable, a lot faster. Um, the Kraken being much faster. And the other thing, I mean, I used to guide out of these boats. I'd have clients right next to me in a CUDA 14. And because of the design of the scuppers and the size of the scuppers on the CUDAs, they were so loud. I mean, I'd have people sitting next to me and you just hear this boat going bloop, 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 bloop. You'd hear the water coming up through the scuppers, particularly if somebody was in it that was lighter. You know, if they weren't a heavy person, they weren't weighing down that boat and get the scuppers completely down in the water. That also slows the boat down, which again, the Kraken does have much better glide. So I definitely preferred it. I could actually stand in the Kraken and, and it wasn't really made for standing. I could stand in the Kraken much better than I could at the uh, Cuda. And there's my wife, Palma State Cortez. <laughs> I don't know why my, my mind went blank on that. So the other Van Wormer Resort, their big one, their really resort one with the swim up bar and all that stuff, uh, which is up in Los Barriles, uh, is Palma State Cortez. And it's, it's a great, great place. I just prefer, preferred Punta Colorado, not only for the location, but for uh, just being smaller, you know, much more intimate, more family oriented, kind of much more old Baja feel. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not a resort kind of guy. So I really preferred the, uh, the older Baja feel of, of Punta Colorada. And that's why when Punta Colorada slowed down or shut down, that's why I went to Rancho Leonero rather than going up to Palmas. Uh, because again, uh, Rancho Leonero had that really chill Baja vibe to it. Donald, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, although you've commented already, I'm sorry. Hey, Jim. Um, Gene, uh, good to know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, again, this episode was um, from our very first year with Jackson Kayak. We had uh, Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack, who unfortunately had told me yesterday he could join us and then texted me about five minutes ago and said his day got out of control. And unfortunately, he can't join us here today. So kind of bummed about that. And my buddy, Sean, who used to help me guide down in Baja, um, decided to go on a last minute kind of family getaway. So he bailed out on me. So uh, <laughs> so I'm solo here today, but I guided down in this place for a really long time and I absolutely love it. And this is a good episode because <clears throat> uh, we had pretty good Dorado fishing. Um, I know Luther was like the king of the Dorado on this one. And we got a couple of marlin, which, uh, you know, striped marlin to me are the ultimate in, you know, kayak fishing. Uh, they, they're they so much stronger than sailfish and bigger, particularly if you're looking at these Atlantic sailfish, which are so small. Uh, the uh, striped marlin are so much bigger and stronger, but they're not as big and strong and mean as a blue marlin or a black marlin. 
So, you know, you can land one of these fish, you know, in an hour and a half to two and a half hours, generally speaking, where the blue marlin are just mean and don't give up and fight you for, for hours and hours. So um, love catching striped marlin. Um, Kurt Fan, how's it from South Africa? Uh, kayak fishing is massive over there. Come fish with, I would love to, man. And, and you guys paddle the kind of boats that I like. Uh, long, fast paddlers boats going out through surf. I mean, the South African guys have got it going on and you guys get some big old fish. So I would love to figure out a way to do that. Um, just going to shoot through some questions here and then we'll get the episode rolling. But uh, Donald, what type of retrieve do you prefer? I'm ha having trouble getting hits when chasing striped bass in 10 to 15 feet. <clears throat> Sorry. A little bit of a cough day. Uh, Donald, uh, well, the thing is you can do a lot of different retrieves and it, of course it depends on how you're rigging it. If you're doing it with a lead head or if you're fishing it weedless or if you're doing it in a donkey rig or anything like that. One thing I will tell you, you know, the body floats. So it's going to stay up top pretty well um, unless you really get some weight on it. But one of the really cool things with the weighted hook, it actually will sink this way. It doesn't go nose down and it'll flutter like this. So it has a great action when it, when it's sinking. The other thing is I always say with, with the dart spin is really start off slow. Uh, that blade starts spinning at a very slow retrieve. So you can stay in that strike zone a really long time and the blade is big enough. It's giving off a good vibration, even at a slow retrieve. So start off really, really slow. And then increase your speed. You know, sometimes the fish like to get excited by that, that uh, bait coming through faster. It'll light them up and they'll attack. So vary that speed. Do a stop and go. Uh, with a lead head, it works really doing a stop and go retrieve. You know, crank it and then stop. And with a lead head, it's going to go nose down and that tail keeps going. So, you know, vary it up. But I will say start off and even do it like right next to your kayak or right next to your boat. Start off and see how slow you can retrieve that uh, to get that tail initially spinning. And um, you'll, I think you'll find that, that it works really, really well. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's some people, sometimes it's really easy to wind too fast. Uh, but with that said, it will swim just below the surface and you can do it a little bit faster with your rod tip up. And it's actually works as a little bit of a wake bait. So, uh, you know, try the different things, you know, um, but start off really slow. I think that that might work for you. Hey, Serge, thanks for joining us from Ottawa. And Dave, uh, been gone on vacations. Nice to see you back these days. Caught my PB Northern Pike on this trip. Oh, that's awesome. Is that the, the fish you're holding up in that picture right there? Uh, looks like a good fish. Um, I love catching pike. They are so much fun. So without further ado, like I said, this is season five, episode one. Our first year with Jackson Kayak, and this is at Rancho Leonero down in the East Cape of Baja. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, I'm in Baja, Mexico with my good friend, Sean White and Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack. We're swinging for the fences, chasing big fish offshore, trolling for fun fighting Dorado and hoping a marlin will come out to play. 
We'll be staying at the world-famous Rancho Leonero on the coast of the Sea of Cortez. Stick around. This is going to be awesome. Word to the wise if your mama ain't taught you. Don't stand in front of a man and a bitch she ain't caught you. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you by Jackson Kayak, one family, many waters. Ram, innovative mounting systems proudly made in the USA. Yak Attack, create the ultimate fishing machine with Yak Attack accessories. Ex Officio, made to adventure. Delorme, reach anyone, anywhere, anytime. And Hook One, everything you need to get out there and hook one. This week on Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show, Jim Sammons is heading to Baja, Mexico to fish the Sea of Cortez for hard-fighting striped marlin. On this trip, we're fishing with Luther Cyphers of Yak Attack. And because we fish, uh, Luther is an innovator. I mean, the guy's an engineer. He comes up with more cool gadgets and components and rigging for the kayaks than anybody I've ever met. I had a chance to fish with him in San Diego one day, got him on his first yellowtail, and ho we're hoping we can get him on his first marlin off a kayak, so. My name is Sean White. I'm from Northern California. I live up in Mendocino County. Been kayak fishing about a dozen or so years. I'm pro staff for both Jackson Kayaks and Coca Cat Water Sports. Uh, we're down at Rancho Leonero. I've been coming here now for the better part of 15 years. This particular trip, we came in October. October is pretty much prime time for billfish. We really wanted to target pretty much nothing but billfish. Uh, traditional billfish angling means it's a big cruiser, a ton of baits out, trolling seven to 10 miles an hour and just covering a, a huge amount of ground. And on a kayak, obviously, you can't do that. So what we do is we troll big live baits and slow troll them in a big wide presentation of uh, sequential kayaks which Jim refers to as the wall of death <laughs> and what's really nice is you know the bycatch that you get during uh, bill fishing generally dorado and there's nothing wrong with catching dorado we're out here trolling a couple miles off the beach and uh luther hooked into a really nicer sized dorado i saw it jump a couple times just really good fish it's got him on a ride i got a paddle hard to catch up <laughs> Oh, it's a nice Dorado. Back of his head. So it was only a matter of time before it, it tore out, and I was just trying to get it up as quick as possible. Of course, it decided to go crazy right then. Oh, well, catch and release. 
Well, we're down here at Rancho Leonero. We are targeting big game fish. And if you want to target big game fish, you need good quality gear. First off, the rod I'm using is a six, six and a half foot heavy action with a softer tip. That's really important when you're on the big fish. You need good pulling power, but a softer tip so the fish doesn't beat you up. The reel I was using was a release reel LG. This is their large game reel. Of course, that is Siegler uh, reels now. Fairly high gear ratio, but it also has incredible torque. I mean, you can really pull on big fish with it. Um, on the reel, it is loaded with Seaguar 80-pound thread lock. The thread lock is their hollow core line, and I love this stuff because I can do loop-to-loop -loop connections. So what I do is I get my Seaguar 80-pound um, fluorocarbon, which is the leader we're going to use. We're going to use 80 to 100-pound uh, leader when we're going for marlin, and I can make these knotless connections the hook i'm using is a mustad demon perfect circle and i'm going to use a 10 knot you want to go with the 2x strong i have people show up down here with the really big wire hooks and you just don't need that in a kayak so go with the 2x strong it's a little smaller wire and you're going to be just fine that's the gear i was using down here in the east cape check it out we've had a beautiful morning here in the east cape luther got to fight a beautiful dorado already Stick around, hopefully after this break, you'll see us on some marlin. The Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Jackson Kayak. One family, many waters. Learn more at jacksonkayak.com. So yeah, you know, I don't uh, go back and watch these things. I haven't watched this in a long time. I'd forgotten uh, on this one, we'd actually said you know, we are just going offshore. We didn't fish inshore much. Uh, it really was a mission to get marlin. And marlin fishing off the kayak generally means going out there and trolling. And it's a lot of trolling. Uh, so it's just paddle all day in the heat. I mean, it is warm down in southern Baja. And just uh, troll those live baits. Now, um, unlike here in San Diego, it's you really can't catch live bait down there. Or it's very difficult. Um it's illegal basically for um, gringos to throw a cast net. So you have to buy your bait and you can get a whole bait tank full of sardinas, which are about this big for about $25. Um, better baits, caballito, um, mackerel and uh, mullet, which are mullet are great for uh, rooster fish. And I've actually caught Marlin on them as well are like two bucks a piece. So you go down there with the idea of, okay, I'm going to spend two bucks a piece, which I always thought was kind of expensive until I went to uh, a tournament in Florida and they were charging like 10 bucks a piece. And now here in San Diego, uh, flying fish, they're charging like 35 to $50 for a flying fish. It's absolutely nuts. So $2 a bait isn't so bad. But uh, on the uh, Dorado that that first Dorado that Luther had caught, it was actually hooked like in the back of the head. Uh, the hook had come out of its mouth and it got snagged just below that kind of a dorsal fin. And he didn't have a gaff or anything. So he asked me to slide in and land it. Well, as I pulled up the line to go in and reach and gaff it, it spazzed out a little bit and just tore it out because it wasn't in very deep. So unfortunately I lost Luther's fish. So let's keep her rolling.
Captain Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Yak Attack. Turn your kayak into the ultimate fishing machine with Yak Attack Kayak Fishing Accessories. This week we're on the Sea of Cortez, fishing for Merlin from Rancho Leonero. Rancho Leonero is a uh, small hotel fishing lodge located in the East Cape, about an hour uh, from Cabo San Lucas. Um, it's on a beautiful little point. It's got a beautiful reef right, right out in front. Um, I've been coming here for many, many years and, you know, basically consider the East Cape my home away from home. Uh, come down here every year. It's, it's just a beautiful spot, whether you're fishing or not fishing. Um, but if you're fishing, the fishing is generally pretty good out there. It's just a, just a wonderful place and, and great people. You know, most of the employees have been here forever. So uh, you, you come back year and year out and you see the same people and it, it does really feel like a home away from home. With comfortable rooms, amazing food and beautiful beach access to one of the world's top fisheries, it's easy to see why Rancho Leonero and the East Cape have been Jim's top choice of fishing destination for over a decade. After a relaxing night's sleep, the guys are ready to take to the water for day two. After what only seems like a few seconds, Jim hooks his first Dorado of the trip. Oh, uh, just trolling our live baits. Luther got hit and uh, his came unbuttoned and a couple seconds later I got on. That's not a bad Dorado. He was not the jumpiest Dorado ever, that's for sure. <laughs> A properly fitting PFD can mean the difference between life and death. And that's what we're gonna talk about in this week's kayak fishing tip. All right, Jim, so if I was going into a good paddle shop I wanted to pick out a good PFD, what's the very first thing I want to look for? Well, the thing is you want to have one that's really comfortable, because if it's comfortable, you're going to wear it. And that, that to me, is key, because people get them that are the wrong type of PFD, they're not comfortable, they don't wear it. So, of course, having one that fits you properly. All PFDs are marked with sizes on the inside, so you want to make sure that you are getting the proper size for your body. And then adjusting it properly. I can't tell you how many people we see go in the water, and the next thing you know, they're PFD. Seen it a hundred times. Okay, so this one's a large, extra large. That's definitely me. Let's put this on and show folks how to get it adjusted correctly. First off, you want to clip it in and zip it up. And, and the, the thing that I always tell people when they put on their PFD is you want the PFD to move with you. Yes. You don't want to move inside of it. No, and this one right now, definitely a wiggler. And if I went in the water, I wouldn't be able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Coquette Bahia. There are three straps on here. I usually go from the bottom up. And that's what you want. And again, when you're paddling all day, this is moving with, with you. you. It becomes part of your body and you're not gonna get all this rubbing. You want to make sure you're getting a paddling PFD. I mentioned that before. A lot right. of people, I see people with like water ski vests. Well, yeah. those things are made for rib protection and all other kinds of things because you're standing up. So they're very long. You're sitting in a kayak with something like that. It's very uncomfortable. So a paddling PFD, very short waisted. So when you're sitting down, it's not pinching. The uh, Coke Tap Bahia is uh, thinner in the lower back. So it's not affecting your seated position. So it's not 
picking you forward and it's much more comfortable in the sit on top kayaks. This one's got a nice uh, radio pocket. We all carry VHF radio, so it's got that. It's got a couple other small pockets. They're also very open on the sides. So you have good movement. It's cut narrow here, so you have good movement here. And that's the thing, is having good freedom of mo movement with your arms. Kokatap has a PFD that's going to fit anybody. You can check out all of their great PFDs at kokatat.com. And that's your kayak fishing tip of the week. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys are up and at it early, and so are the marlin. <laughs> Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Hook One. Everything you need to get out there in Hook One. Well, that was a great big Coca-Tat advertisement, wasn't it? <laughs> Got to do some stuff to pay the bills. Uh, there was a couple more questions here. Uh, Kurt talking about a website for the, uh, kayak fishing in, um, South Africa. I will definitely check that out. Thanks, man. Um, Gene Wilson asked, what year is this? This was actually, uh, 2013. So a, a little bit ago. Um, and also asked, uh, illegal to throw cast nets. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, again, you're in a different country, so different rules. There's also a, what we like to call the bait mafia um, down in the East Cape. And there's kind of a hierarchy and, and an order in which uh, you need to be buying your bait. Um, you know, you can't go to this guy because he's not in the right pecking order. You got to go to this guy first. If he's out of bait, then you can go to this guy and so on and so forth. Um like your, your bait, my, my Pongero, the guy who would run the boat for us, he um, couldn't throw a cast net either. Now, if he was just doing stuff for himself, yes, he could. But with guided clients, he could not throw a cast net and catch his own bait. He had to go over and we had to buy it. Uh, and the reason for this is if he started going out there and throwing a cast net for his clients in his boat, then when he needed bait and he didn't, hadn't found any, the other guys would not sell it to him. So you just have to stay in that, you know, that whole pecking order and uh, bow down to the bait mafia. <laughs> but uh, that was the, that was the whole reason for that. And uh, I'm not sure why the whole cast nets aren't allowed by um, gringos or if it was just where we were. And they were just following the orders of the bait mafia. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting gig. And we just follow the rules. And, and you didn't mind because uh, there was time we actually uh, have a story is one time uh, our support boat. Because on my trips when I was doing these down there, we always had a support boat with us. Because you never knew if someone was going to hook a marlin and it was going to get dragged off. So we wanted it for a safety deal uh, for that. And also, um, I mean, I had a guy get tagged by a, a Portuguese man of war. And he actually had an allergic reaction to it. So having the boat there, we, we were able to rush him into shore and get him um, taken care of. So it, it's, you know, it's, it's just a whole different thing down there. And, but yeah, you, you had to love it. <laughs> yeah. Jane controlling the sales, <laughs> but it kept, like I said, it kept things in order. So um, I, I started to say actually is, 
one of the bait guys knew that we bought bait from him every day. And then our ponga broke down right where the, uh, the bait ponga was because they would basically be out at night catching bait and then they'd have huge nets off, off the beach where they would keep all these baits. And uh, we had bought bait from this bait ponga every day. And then the bait pump on our support boat broke. And so we were working on the, the bait pump. And so he just kept tossing baits out for our clients that were paddling around the area. So they were catching just big old jacks while we were working on the boat because this guy was helping us out by, by chumming out baits and giving our clients bait. So I said, it was, it's one of those things that worked. It, it, they have, they have the system dialed in down there for sure. Get this episode going again. Jackson Kayak's Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by DeLorme InReach. Follow Jim Salmon's Big Game Adventure live with DeLorme InReach at kayakfishingshow.com. Welcome back. This week, we're joining Jim Salmons and friends off the East Cape of Baja on the hunt for Marlin and Dorado from their Jackson kayaks. <laughs> it's been a good couple of days so far with a few beautiful Dorado landed, but the Marlin have eluded them. Hopefully, their luck will change today. Oh, we've been working hard all day, paddling miles. Just getting fairly close to having to hang it up for the day. And Sean passed a milk jug. He goes, oh, there's some bait on this milk jug. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn around and watch him get hooked up on a Dorado. And all of a sudden, my line starts smoking out, and it's a marlin. He was a little close to me, so I, I backed off my drag initially. That's why he, he was about jumping away from me again. I just didn't want him jumping that close to me, so I knew I had good tension. So I just kind of backed off just a little, and that's when he started greyhounding away from me. But now I've just got, he sounded. I'm just sitting here. But that can sometimes times be a little scarier. You get these small ones, and you can get them back next to you too fast. So that's why I wanted to back off and let him. <laughs> wow, I've already got him. I've got a leader here. I could just see him down below me. We drifted apart though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we paddled the last four days. I ran tracks on my uh, Ray Marine Fish Finder all week. We paddled just shy of 40 miles in the last four days. Everybody's shoulders know we were bill fishing this week. It was a lot of work. But in the end of the day, we were really successful. Yeah. 
on this very small marlin but man what a way to to kind of get something going after a long day of trying climbing on my hand and uh tail's kicking so i'm gonna i'm gonna let him go he's swimming away <laughs> that's why we come here the boat I'm paddling here. So as actually um, mentioned on there, I mean, that was a small marlin. And small marlin uh, and sailfish are actually quite a bit scarier sometimes than than big ones because the, the big marlin will just go greyhounding away from you and you fight them a long way away from you. The small ones, a lot of times, you'll get them too close to the boat too fast. And then you have this green fish with a three-foot spear on the end of its face jumping around you. And that can be a little bit sketchy. Um, I mentioned using a support boat down there. We always use the support boat again for safety in case something did go wrong. But that was another nice thing to have the support boat for was for helping revive those billfish. You know, I could toss my bow line up to them and I'd hold on to the bill of the of the fish and they could tow us along and, and get a good revival on that fish. Oops, looking at the wrong screen. There we go. This week is the Jackson Kayak Cuda 14. And the reason I selected it is because it is a nice all around boat. It's very comfortable. It's solid in rough water conditions. It's a good paddler. So when we're doing a lot of trolling, you know, we're trolling for hours for billfish. It's nice to have a boat that paddles well. And I just like to have it all around easy features. It's easy to rig up, just an all around great boat. What we did on this thing, we kept it pretty simple. Uh, in the front here, we put the Zuka tube. Uh, this is a rod holder that you got some really good articulation with. It uses the ram post and spine mount, so it's really rigid. Um, good for taking big hits on these fish. Uh, we mounted that to a 12-inch gear track. Uh, again, we wanted to keep this pretty minimalist, so we just put the gear track on one side, uh, left enough room there where we could slide it all the way forward, keep it out of the paddle stroke for when we were paddling to the wind and having to take some pretty aggressive strokes. And in the forward part of the deck, that's really all we did. The rest of the gear management was handled either by the stock rigging on the Cuda 14. It already comes with these Ram tube rod holders, which are also really great for trolling. And then the black pack, you know, put that in the back tank well, and not only does it become a storage container, but it also becomes a mounting platform. So you can see we've got our Busy Carbon Pro attached to it. Make sure we're visible in those swells. We've got the panfish with the Vio camera on it. So Jim can get those great underwater shots. And uh, that's really it. This thing was ready to go. We fished it for three days now. The setup has worked great. And uh, we got one day left and hopefully we'll get to test it out again with some big fish. Stay tuned. When we come back, the guys buckle in for one last day on the water and the hunt for Marlin continues. I'm getting gloved up to go help my friend Sean land his first billfish. It's actually funny looking at that CUDA, how far things have come. You know, Yak Attack's equipment certainly has come. They don't incorporate anything with RAM anymore. Uh, the seats on the boats are so much better now than they were when they first started. You know, there's more lumbar Jackson support. Kayak, just, kayak you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see over the years how everything just mounts, keeps getting better. A complete line of kayak mounts that you know, we don't work with RAM anymore. 
It's been incredible fishing already at Rancho Leonero on the East Cape of Baja. Jim Salmon's hooked and landed a striped marlin within the first couple of days, but the adventure is far from over. The guys have geared up and are ready to see what the Sea of Cortez has to offer today. We're down here in the East Cape, Ranch of Leonero, and I'm here with Luther Cyphers from Yak Attack. Luther got to join us on our uh, trip down here to do some big game kayak fishing. Luther, first of all, can't thank you enough for all your support, for coming down here to fish with us. I mean, it's just been a, a great time. Jim, I can't thank you guys enough for the invite. I mean, coming to a place like this has been a dream of mine for a long time, and to get down here and do it with some great people and some great friends, could have been better. You got some good Dorado. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. And, and again, you know, the, the acrobatic nature of those fish. You know, I've caught them out of a boat, but I've never caught them in a kayak. So that was, uh, it was just that much funner, you know, and as kayak fishing always is. So, yeah, it was really cool, man. <laughs> I was, I'm so excited. If I hadn't just gone to the bathroom, I would have. <laughs> it was a Marlin Greyhound and way <laughs> up on the horizon, and Luther took off after it. Me and Jim were just joking, like, we're just going to sit here and wait for it. And it wasn't like 30 seconds later, man, my clicker lit up and uh, put it in gear. And sure thing, man, jumping marlin. So exciting. Uh, it's really, really exciting. Basically the same thing as yesterday. I've been trolling our butts off all day, getting to it towards the end of the day, thinking, oh, maybe it's time to wrap it up. We saw a free jumping marlin. It was actually funny. We saw a free jumping marlin. Luther goes taking off after it. A couple minutes later, Sean is on. I mean, before I really even had a load on it, I heard you and Alonso both screaming, Marlin! You know, it's so exciting. I mean, I saw that thing's head out of the water just going, <laughs> and, and then it went bonkers yeah i mean it, it, it put on a very good show that thing went greyhounding tail walking yeah. that was an exciting fish it was an exciting fish exciting moment for me and i mean it is pretty cool at some point you know your kite flips right around and you see the giant cruise missile greyhounding off on the horizon and at some point you realize that it, it's attached to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my bait got picked up. It, it didn't really take off like they normally do with the marlin. It was sort of clicking away. And then all of a sudden, boy, it went crazy. I put it in gear. And before I even knew what was going on, I heard Jim and Alonzo both screaming, marlin, marlin, marlin. And then my kayak did the super duper compass needle U-turn and off I was going to the horizon. It was, there's really kind of nothing like it. You know what I mean? I'm getting gloved up to go help my friend Sean land his first billfish.
there's really kind of nothing like it. You know what I mean? It is the ultimate kayak sleigh ride. Yeah, uh, mine was not huge. Mine was about 110 pounds, which is still plenty big. And uh, man, it's just insane how powerful those fish are. Okay, watch that bill right by your side. Okay, we're gonna put this guy back in the water. His tail, tail starts to kick. Cause I tell you, nothing better than catching them except for letting them go alive. Ow! And hey, let me tell you, they can clamp down hard. They don't have teeth, but they, got, they clamp down. His tail's kicking, and he's off. Bam! <laughs> oh, man. My name is Sean White. I'm a uh, longtime kayak fisherman, pro staff for Jackson Kayaks. And my favorite piece of gear during this trip to Baja was the Werner Kamado hook. You know, when you come on these long trips, you can't bring everything with you, but there's certain things that it's really hard to use satisfactory out of the old rental fleet, and your paddle is one of those things. This paddle has all the classic attributes that you'd have in a high-end Werner paddle, but what makes this one such a joy is two different things. One, this is a very long paddle. It's a 250 centimeter paddle. We were down here using Jackson's, which have a higher seat, and you really need that extra 10 centimeters of reach to get your angles just right. Couple that with an infinitely adjustable ferrule, nice splines, everything is snug as a bug. There's no jingle in it at all. It's a great, great setup. I don't often kill fish. I don't always bring fish home from our trips, but if you're catching tasty fish like Dorado, it's nice to bring some fresh fish home. That's why I always bring along my angle cooler. It keeps that stuff nice and ice cold until I get home. I'm gonna jump up here in the freezer, grab my fillets of Dorado and my angle new ice ice packs, and that's gonna keep it ice cold until I get home. Drop that in the cooler, put my angle new ice ice packs on top of it. It's time to go home. I gotta jump on an airplane. See you in Puerto Rico. With the second big marlin released healthy to fight another day, the guys head in for one last celebration at Rancho Leonero. Time to pack up and get ready for the next extreme kayak fishing challenge. So this is my chance to fish for billfish, but me and Jim come down here usually at least once a year and do it with customers as well. Uh, you can book uh, arrangements for doing this trip through uh, East Cape Kayak Fishing. And uh, I'm generally Jim's assistant on these trips. He's official member of the Kayak Fishing Billfish Club. All right. Not a lot of people. Thank you, sir. Congratulations. Cheers. Glad to share the moment with you guys. Yeah, we used to get one of the marlin flags and give them to everybody who caught a marlin on one of our trips. It's always a lot of fun. Stop that. Close that out there. So, yeah, we always had. Um, what is this thing doing? Sorry, my computer's acting up a little bit there. Um, I know there was another question here. Abraham from El Salvador. Thanks for watching it, man. Um, he'd like to know why he hasn't seen me on a pedal kayak. Uh, well, A, I love to paddle. Um, I mean, I was paddling kayaks way, way, way before pedal kayaks came out. Uh, so I'm a paddler. I, I know how to paddle. Um, 
and I, I enjoy that. I like the simplicity of paddling, uh, not having a mechanism, anything like that. Uh, the other reason is until the Blue Sky came out, the Blue Sky Boat Works, I had never found a pedal boat that I could actually pedal without it hurting my back. I've got a really bad back and the ergonomics of pedaling, the seated position, you're so low, uh, just never worked for my back. So uh, with the Blue Sky, you're seated up much higher. Now, generally, they're not like an offshore boat like this. They're totally different. Um, but it just wasn't comfortable for me. Um, you know, the, like I said, the blue sky, you're seated, seated up higher. It's more of a natural position. So I could pedal one of those, but, um, you know, I keep trying, um, the pedal systems I know with Jackson kayak have gotten a lot better and, um, they are, they are nice. And, and I'm really looking forward to some stuff they've got coming up, uh, to giving that a try and I'll always keep trying, but I do love paddling. And I, again, I like the simplicity of it. Um, so, you know, different strokes. <laughs> Thanks, Gene. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I miss those days of guiding those trips. Uh, back in the day, I used to do um, like five trips down there a year uh, with back-to-back -back groups. And um, it was really, the East Cape was really the first destination, kayak fishing destination um, where people would travel to go with the potential of getting these big fish. I mean, this is where, um, some of the first Marlin, I mean, I have dealt with so many Marlin. I had so many clients catch Marlin down there. Uh, and the first place where you really had chances at, at big, big rooster fish, you know, again, I mean, I love Panama and all that and what they're doing, but like getting to Los Busos, I love Los Busos. I mean, and I would go there all the time but it's a lot more of a mission to get there, you know, much longer flights and then, you know, a six hour drive. Um, so there's a lot more going on there. So like I said, with, with the East Cape, Southern Baja from, from Southern California anyway, um, within three hours basically of leaving the, the airport here, I'm sitting on the beach there or sitting poolside having my first margarita. And believe me, the margaritas down there are deadly, <laughs> deadly good. Um, so, you know, like I said, we, we ran five trips a year. And then um, there was kind of quite some time back, there was, you know, kind of an economy issue. And then there was some violence in Baja people were worried about, which really wasn't happening down where we were down the East Cape. It was all more near the borders. Um, and then what was it? It was like the swine flu or something. And all of a sudden just tourism into Baja just stopped. So I went from doing five trips a year to doing one. And then it just became like, well, financially it really wasn't worthwhile. So I continued to do it a little bit into, um, into doing this show, but then I got so busy with travel with the show, um, for that one trip I was able to do down there, it just became not worth it. Um, I mean, I'd love to pick it back up again, but of course that would involve a whole new investment of getting a whole new fleet of kayaks down there. Uh, Rancho Leonero does have a bunch of kayaks. I know they've got Hobies. They've got a few Jacksons. They probably still have a bunch of old ocean kayaks from when we were first guiding down there. Uh, Punta Colorada, um, 
I'm sure, you know, a lot of kayaks got moved up to Palmas de Cortez. So, I mean, there still is great, great kayak fishing. And I mean, you can see where we're paddling right here in this photo in front of Rancho Leonero is just an insanely beautiful reef. So you go out there, go snorkeling, uh, go casting from the beach, you know, early morning, you'll just see bait busting jacks, roosters ripping through there. Um, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. And like I said, it, it's super, super affordable destination to go to. Uh, Abraham, what do you think of low profile reel on kayaking like the Tranks 500 or Daiwa um, Lexa 400? Uh, I love them. You know, it depends on what you're using them for. <clears throat> but for like uh, throwing poppers, throwing plastics, you know, I, they're great. I mean, for for the bigger fish for like marlin and stuff like that or for tuna, uh, I really prefer a round reel, a lever drag reel, particularly if you're out there trolling live baits and all that. But uh, for for throwing, uh, another one is a good one is the um, Akuma Komodo. I've always I had pretty good luck with that on some pretty good sized fish. Landed quite a few tarpon on them. Um, you know, so I, I'm a big fan of low profile reels. Uh, I'm a big fan of conventional reels. I rarely, rarely, if ever, use spinning gear. I, I don't like spinning gear. Um, I was actually in uh, Costa Rica and I had a Akuma popping rod with a, I think I had a Shimano. They had a Shimano spinning reel on it because everybody's like, oh, you got to use spinning gear for throwing the poppers. And I know spinning gear is a little bit better for poppers. Um, so I uh, brought this rod and reel combination with me down to Costa Rica and I, I threw it probably five times and then I gave it to the, the guide. I'm like, I can't stand this thing. I hate it. So <laughs> it was so heavy and just so awkward. And I, I just don't like personally, I don't like spinning gear. So I would rather throw a big low profile for poppers than throw a spinner um, in my, you know, how it works for me. But uh Anyway, um, as always, again, our, our show is brought to you by Seaguar, Jackson Kayak, Warner Paddles, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, Siegler Reels, A Band of Anglers, Raymarine, and Kokatat, and of course, Ballast Point Brewing Company, which again, I didn't have my beer today, but <laughs> maybe I should have had a beer. I mean, maybe that's why my, my, my voice wasn't working for me today, because I didn't have a beer. Um and again, once again, here's that, that discount code for ACR Artex for the personal locator beacon or anything else on their website. It is good for anything on their website. Um, so if that uh, appeals to you, uh, we will be back here this Thursday with uh, one of our older episodes, uh, one of the ocean kayak years. And I don't even have it in front of me, so I don't even remember which one it is. But, uh, you know, we just keep doing this every Tuesday and Thursday as long as I'm not going out fishing. Uh, so I hope you can join us and please tell your friends, please share it because uh, that's what helps us uh, get this out there to more people. If you are going out on the water, please remember to always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Thank mm -hmm. you.